Welcome back, guys, to the Forklift Work Sports Show. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. I really do appreciate it. And I did also just kind of want to say thank you guys really so much for the support. Uh, as soon as I actually just started recording, I saw how much, um, you know, I saw my place go up on my most recent episode a couple days ago. So I just wanted to, you know, really, truly thank you guys a lot. And um, yeah, you guys, you really don't know how much it means to see that kind of stuff move up and to see just all the support you guys give me is really, you know, it's just incredible. I don't know. You know, I really don't know where this podcast would be without you guys listening. So it's incredible. And I, again, just thank you guys a lot. But um, again, I'm going to have all my social media links, like always, down below. Let me know what you guys thought about today's episode. Uh, and also go ahead and rate the podcast on both Google and Apple Podcasts. I saw an update on Apple Podcasts, actually. So if you click on someone's... I don't know if you guys have seen this, but if you guys click on the person's, like, a someone's podcast, and, like, normally you would see the rating system in, like, the top, but you have to scroll, I believe, it all the way down to the bottom, and then it shows all their, you know, shows how much ratings you give a person. But, yeah, um, again, it just kind of helps get the podcast, you know, kind of, like, throwing out there to, you know, a lot of recommended tabs and stuff for most, for people when it gets watched or it gets rated and stuff, uh, or it gets listened to on there and then it gets, you know, and, and when it gets rated, it kind of just recommends it more to people. Uh, I think there's like a recommended, some sort of algorithm to it, something like that. But uh, yeah, I just kind of want to come out here, you know, for the intro and show some appreciation to you guys. Really thank you. And uh, kind of get that out there as well. Uh, we should have a decent, we should have a fun episode today. It should be really, really good. So, I again, I don't know how long it's going to be. Uh, I'll try to make it as long as possible. But, um, yeah, so let's, let's get into this episode. And uh, the first thing that this brings us to, actually. And I know I wouldn't talk about Aaron Rodgers. I get it. I know. I'm sorry. We have to today, again, um, kind of get some news out there that you guys might not have heard about. But, uh, yeah, so let's get into it. So the reason why I have to get into Aaron Rodgers is because, as of yesterday, it has been not confirmed, but it is believed that Aaron Rodgers will not be expected to report for mandatory minicamp. Um, so right here after OTAs, not expected to be there. It will be on Tuesday. Actually, today. Oh, okay. So on Monday, it was confirmed that Aaron Rodgers will not report for the start of minicamp on Tuesday. Tom Pelissero of NFL Network has reported the latest development in the ongoing saga between Rodgers and the Packers, noting that there is, quote, no change, end quote, in regards to the star status, current informed source of that situation. Barring their... Barring there being any overnight developments, they will officially become a holdout, is what this will be. It will be subject to him possibly receiving a $93,085 fine should he miss all three days of minicamp. 
Worth noting, the veteran gunslingers already jeopardized a $500,000 workout bonus by missing OTAs. The absence extends into training camp, which begins July 27th. Increased financial penalties are sure to come his way. Plus, maybe other sort of nuances that the team could provide to him should he continue to want to hold out. And I'm pretty sure the league can also get in on these penalties as well because of the mandatory part. I think the league could also get on a, get in on fines as well. But, um, yeah, so until then, Green Bay will have to soldier on and continue preparing for the 21 campaign as management will continue to deal with Aaron Rodgers and the whole situation and try to get also their other new quarterbacks up to speed on the offense and try to get them ready for week one and you know, and see who's going to end up playing because right now you have Kurt Benkert that you just signed and then you have you know Jordan Love that you guys are sounding like you guys are high on right now you got a lot of you know you got a lot of things coming your way with this quarterback situation so got some big decisions coming up but yeah so with Rodgers being MIA this entire time AKA missing in action. There did not there was no good news on the offensive side Monday morning as it was reported that Ian by Ian Rappaport that the receiving core, most notably Devontae Adams, were all expected to be back for minicamp. Yeah, so that was actually Oh, I said did not receive good news. I meant to say good news, my bad. The team did receive good news on the offensive side of the ball Monday morning, Report as it was reported by Ian Rappaport that, and that's what I was going to get into next, um, is that Devontae Adams and the rest of the Packers receivers are expected to attend Packers minicamp starting Tuesday, a.k.a. today. Um... Yeah, and I was going to segue that from the whole Aaron Rodgers situation. So the reason why I wanted to mainly add this is because, and I kind of wanted to put this out there before I started talking about it, was because Aaron Rodgers, or because Devontae Adams at first kind of mentioned how he didn't know, you know, as far as like, he didn't come out and straight and just like straight up say like I'm not going to play if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back. But he hinted a couple weeks ago to a month ago now that he wasn't quite sure what his plan was going to be. Almost like he was questioning it if Rodgers didn't come back or what was going to happen. You know what? He, basically, what he was going to do. He was kind of like it was almost kind of like him questioning it. Not really coming out and saying that he ain't going to come back, but kind of like, yeah, might have to rethink my whole, you know, wanting to be here if Rodgers isn't here. So the reason why I thought this was so, why this needed to be brought up, though, is because, you know, Devontae Adams still, still, you know, still expected to be there, even with the holdout of Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, so it hasn't turned into anything yet, but I wouldn't rule out that whole Dev- Devontae Adams thing. I wouldn't rule that the whole thing out yet. We'll see what happens here because 
you know, it's mandatory in the mini camp and all this stuff, but it's not mandatory during the season. So, I mean, a lot can still happen there. But anyway, so with the whole Aaron Rodgers segue, with the whole Aaron Rodgers saga going on, the Packers actually receive some sort of good news with the Packers receiving court, including Devontae Adams, you know, all these other guys are expected to be there as well. And um, yes, yeah, so they'll be back for mandatory minicamp, are expected to be there this week. Reported by Ian Rappaport on yesterday on Monday. So you can't say that it was potentially. They're saying that, you know, whole Rogers fallout with the Packers suddenly created by a teammate or a coaching or the coaching staff slash the organization in total. I mean. I don't know. I wouldn't say a playmaker or anything because obviously those players are all there. And um, he has said already that he has, you know, nothing about this is because of a teammate. Although players, I mean, he could be saying that though too to not, you know, to not put a name out there, you know. So get it out there on the internet that, you know, he is trying to hit that to a certain player without actually saying their name, and they're the only two people that kind of under get the connection. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I, I would there is I, there, I guess there's just nothing that I that really could segue into thinking that there's nothing that can kind of determine if that's even possibly possibly true. I have no idea, but um, so while the prevailing sentiment regarding this entire conflict has been that Rodgers has primarily had an issue with the front office, not necessarily the coaches, a collective absence from those most important to Rodgers and Green Bay's offense, offensive success would have only deepened the worries of those pinning their hopes on the Packers in 21. But um, I think I'm going to end this topic, mainly like this specific article, because it's kind of just starting to get into the Rodgers thing again, which I already talked about. And this was just about, I kind of just mainly added it for the fact, I, I kind of knew it was going to get into the Rodgers thing again. I just kind of wanted to add it on here to show, to kind of talk about how, you know, Devontae Adams and the whole Packers receiving core is expected to be there uh, for mandatory minicamp. When, you know, after those Devontae Adams, uh, Adams comments about a month ago now. So that was kind of the main reason for it, but I kind of expected this anyway. So, but uh, yeah, so let's get into the next thing. And then we have the Broncos, ex-Broncos tackle, is being picked is being signed by the Ravens. Jawan James is signing to a two year, three and a half million dollar contract to go to the Ravens, ex you know, from the Broncos. So 
I actually forgot to add this in there. I even though when people talk about it, I like article wise, I can still try to find it and put it in here because it was supposed to be. It was about um it was about Juwan James and he what did it say? He had um I'm trying to remember what he did. He had put I think he like what was it? I'm trying to think what he did now. Um God, there was like something uh let me go back to it and see if I can find it real quick and see if maybe I can add it in this article or add it into this pod real quick, kind of like enter it. He, um, Oh, that's what it was. He's suing. I think he's essentially suing the Broncos for his release because of an injury. And I think he's tying it into that whole thing about, you know, that I think we talked about it here in the pod before too, that, you cannot that a team is not allowed to something about a team not allowed to like it was like a memo that was sent out to all thirty two teams that like a, like any team isn't allowed to release a player or something like that. I remember talking about. I don't exactly remember what it was all said on there. I'd have to find it again, I guess. But it was something about how. Any 32 of those teams aren't allowed to release a player or something like that because of an injury outside of the team facility. Because then it's not considered a football injury or something like that. I don't know if that's tied in together or not. But yeah, let me try and find this real quick because I want to get it right. I don't want to talk about it if it's going to be wrong. Uh, let's see here. Raven sign. I did add that. I added that. Okay. Here's what it was. So, let me tie it into... So, we'll talk about that after we're done with this one. But, yeah, so Jawan James... Signing a two-year, $3.5 million contract with Baltimore after leaving Denver, after getting released by Denver. It will be including, his his contract will be including an additional $5 million in incentives, but only 500000 of it is guaranteed. In the form of a signing bonus, James will also receive an additional 500000 via a roster bonus in March if he's still on the team. When healthy, James was productive enough to fetch a four-year, $51 million deal from the Denver Broncos in 2019, played just three games in Denver, knee injury held him back first season, and his decision to opt out of the 2020 season due to COVID-19, like a lot of other players. A torn Achilles, that is what suffered him, is what suffered his season, and also away from the Broncos facility. That spelled to an end to his time with Denver and led, okay, and then we're going to get into that. But for Baltimore, the deal with James is essentially a 
flyer taken on a player who was worth significant money when healthy. Essentially a steal if you think about it from that perspective. With just the aforementioned $500,000 in guarantees, though, a minuscule cap hit for 21 and 22, 500,000 and 21, 250,000 and 22. Per Ian Rapport, adding that Juwan James, with the expectation, will need a long runway for return as a low risk decision with potentially high upside. So therefore, signing him shouldn't be too much of a shouldn't be too much of a complaint there. But uh, yeah, so have a split focus between rehabbing with this, sur- you know, rehabbing with the surgery to repair his Achilles, and then trying to also understand the whole new offense because it's like yeah, you got time, but then it's like one of those things where you feel like you know it's like you have time, but then at the same time you're also like I don't have enough of it. It's like I I know I have the time, but then I also on the flip side I also feel like I don't have enough. And that's where it can kind of become a problem. And so we'll see what he makes of his time and stuff. But as of right now, you know, he's got he's got some stuff to figure out. So and then that gets into the thing I just added is that Juwan James filed in an un, filed an employment grievance against Denver for the release of him following his torn Achilles. So Juwan James filed an expected grievance against the Broncos after his release following a torn Achilles tendon suffered while working out away. That's what, see, I knew it had something to do with that. So I talked about it earlier. I think it was like, it had to be like a month ago now that I talked about this. So I first brought it up. It was a memo sent out to all 32 teams. And it was this whole article on why a team, you know, specific things a team is or and, and is allowed and is not allowed to do as far as injuries in the facility and away from. And the Broncos already kind of broke that by releasing a player because of an injury that was suffered away from the team facility, which makes it a, I believe, then then it's a non-football injury, which is essentially – which then they're going to categorically, you know, with the whole new system that they're working with, or at least for this year, is, or yeah, the system they're working with is, if you get injured, yeah, you were working out, you know, you were injured because of football, because you're working out for football, but they're not going to consider it. Work, they're not going to consider it football related. If you were away from the team facility, therefore there's not a reason for a release of a player because it's not it's not categorized as football related. Now, on the flip side, should that same thing happen at the team facility, then it can then a player can be released because then it's considered football related and if the and if a player is to get released it can be categorized as injury related football related because it was at the team facility so yeah because this happened away from the team facility it's not considered to be football related therefore they they basically they released him for absolutely no reason and they basically just 
released him for a, an injury that he did technically receive from football. But yeah, so in the grievance, it was obtained by Ian Rappaport. James is seeking approximately $15 million in lost wages um, per Ian Rappaport from that from the information that he received. But yeah, again, opted out of the 2020 season, as I talked about before, suffered the injury while working out off-site, uh, off of course. Then they, they then the Broncos then replaced Jawan James on the non-football injury list, which allowed the club to forego the 10.58, the $10.58 million salary he was due in 21. Then later released, James's camp was expected to fight the NFL designation. Rep report previously reported later Monday that James and the Ravens had agreed to a two-year, $3.5 million deal, again reported by Ian, with the 500K signing bonus, which I just talked about, and that will allow him to rehab it from with his team with the injury. So as far as injury, as far as the grievance again continues to go with Denver, James claims the Achilles tear qualifies as a football injury. Quote, claimant was not working on out on his own. The grievance is stating all this. Claimant was working out as expressly and or impliedly authorized and or instructed by respondents, agents, including but not limited to the instructions and or direction of the coach of respondent and or other agents of respondent. Claimant was working out with other players on the team at the facility and mentoring younger players as requested and or expressly and or impliedly authorized by respondent through its agent and or agents, end quote. So the NFL was asked to comment. They refused. Lawyers Mark Giragos, Ben Mycelis, and Daniel Lust all represented Colin Kaepernick and Jason Sechin filed the grievance on behalf of James. Man, that is a whole situation going on. That is crazy. And I would assume that if this is, if this whole thing ends in the favor of Juwan James, which it should, it should, then it'll end with him getting his money back. Plus, it will end with the Broncos probably getting fined. I mean, that's probably what will happen. He'll get his money back, and the Broncos will most likely get fined. And if the NFL is feeling strict enough, they may even take – they might. They may even take a – I mean, I don't know how serious they're going to consider this when it's all finalized. But if they, if, if they consider it to be serious enough, they could, they could find the Broncos plus take a draft pick. If they find it to be that serious, which I don't think they will, but they could, uh, you never know. But the next thing here is the Ravens are signed, re-signing running back Gus Edwards to a two-year $10 million extension through 2023. So as you guys know, they allowed him to walk in free agency. Kind of just let him see what's out there. Let him test the free agent waters. Kind of, kind of get his feet wet there and just couldn't find anyone. So nicknamed Gus Bus. We'll continue and run in Baltimore. The Ravens and restricted free agent running back Gus Edwards, even though he was on the team last year, now have officially reached a two-year uh, agreement. Excuse me, worth up to ten million dollars. 
Ian Rappaport has reported Monday per agent Drew Rosenhaus, the Ravens then later officially announced the new deal. Former free agent Edwards was scheduled to make $3.38 million in 21 on the restricted free agent tender. The extension links him to Baltimore through 2023. In three seasons in Baltimore, Gus Edwards has proven has become to prove himself as a fundamental member of the backfield, acting as between the tackles runner who can carry the load for stretches. For his career, Edwards has averaged 5.2 yards per carry on 414 total yards for 2,152 yards and 10 touchdowns. Excuse me. Considered to be a slasher, Edwards can get upfield and can shoulder through tackles, also known as a power back, which obviously he's built like one. Expected to share duties with starter J.K. Dobbins in the Ravens' committee approach in Baltimore's run-first offense. $5 million per year new money average, slightly below Kenyon Drake's two-year $11 million deal in free agency, signifies Baltimore's plans for the Gus Bus to play a significant role in the backfield for the next several seasons through 2023. And then the final thing to talk about today is ex-Raven safety Tony Jefferson is back in the league, signing with the 49ers. Former Baltimore Ravens safety signing a one-year deal with the 49ers. Ian Rappaport has reported Monday. Ian Rappaport has been busy. But, uh, yeah, so per, per a source informed of the deal with Ian, ESPN had first, had first reported all about it. Then the team later announced the deal, adding that it was released released cornerback Brian Body Calhoun in a corresponding move as a switch-up. Jefferson hasn't played since Tierney's ACL in October of 2019. The Ravens released a 29-year-old last February, did not play in 2020. After going on draft in 2013, spent four years with the Cardinals before signing in Baltimore in 2017. In seven seasons, Jefferson has compiled 451 tackles on eight and a half sacks for four picks. Then Jefferson had reportedly visited the 49ers in April, now joined San Francisco with a chance to add veteran depth if he makes the team after being out of football for more than a year. And then tweeted about it saying, God is good, let's work. Showing him in a 49ers uniform, kind of showing that he was going to go there. And uh, some other little news, I guess I'll say some of these. Drake Kirkpatrick visiting the Saints, reported by Ian Rappaport. Then he had visited the Patriots in May. Excuse me. The Bills will hold their training camp at the Ad Pro Training Center in Orchard Park, New York. Regular training facility. Buffalo usually holds its training camp at St. John Fisher College in Rochester. But for the second straight summer, will not do so due to COVID. Welcome back, guys, to the Forkwood Brooks Sports Show. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. I really do appreciate it. And I did also just kind of want to say thank you guys really so much for the support. Uh, as soon as I actually just started recording, I saw how much, um, you know, I saw my place go up on my most recent episode a couple days ago. So 
I just wanted to, you know, really, truly thank you guys a lot. And, um, yeah, you guys, you really don't know how much it means to see that kind of stuff move up and to see just all the support you guys give me is really, you know, it's just incredible. I don't know, you know, I really don't know where this podcast would be without you guys listening. So it's incredible. And I, again, just thank you guys a lot. But, um, again, I'm going to have all my social media links, like always, down below. Let me know what you guys thought about today's episode. Uh, and also, go ahead and rate the podcast on both Google and Apple Podcasts. I saw an update on Apple Podcasts, actually. So, if you click on someone's... I don't know if you guys have seen this, but if you guys click on the person's... Like, a someone's podcast, and, like, normally you would see the rating system in, like, the top... But you have to scroll, I believe, all the way down to the bottom. And then it shows all their, you know, shows how much ratings you give a person. But yeah, um, again, it just kind of helps get the podcast, you know, kind of like thrown out there to, you know, a lot of recommended tabs and stuff for most for people when it gets watched or it gets rated and stuff. Uh, or it gets listened to on there and then it gets... You know, and when it gets rated, it kind of just recommends it more to people. Uh, I think there's like a recommended, some sort of algorithm to it, something like that. But uh, yeah, I just kind of want to come out here, you know, for the intro and show some appreciation to you guys. Really thank you. And uh, kind of get that out there as well. Uh, we should have a decent, we should have a fun episode today. It should be really, really good. So I again, I don't know how long it's going to be. Uh, I'll try to make it as long as possible. But, um, yeah, so let's get into today's episode. And uh, the first thing that this brings us to actually...